Hello, and welcome to the Jesus People Podcast. Jesus People is an intentional Christian community in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. On today's episode, join hosts Nathan Cameron, Rebecca Troche, Sarah Wright, and myself, Chris Spicer. As we introduce ourselves and talk about ministry in the Jesus People community. All right, well, hi, everybody. My name is Nathan. Uh, we want to welcome you to the Jesus People Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Chris. Uh, this is our first podcast. This is really the kind of the first time we've done this. Chris and I, we were talking about this like four years ago. We've had always had such a great voice back when when media was paper and printed. Yeah. And, you know, we had Cornerstone Magazine. We had Cornerstone Festival. We mm-hmm. had all of the bands that were band. out. Yeah, yeah. And tons yeah. of bands. And we had back Holy Ghost players back in the yeah. day. And we had all these people touring and talking about who we were and what we were and, and we had a great voice and as the magazine went away and as cornerstone festival faded and as you know our bands got old and retired uh our voice kind of quieted you know mm. but our work didn't mm. we haven't stopped being who we are we need a new way to, to let the world know what yeah. we're doing so and so i think are. the definition of you know who jesus people is as a yeah. community has evolved Absolutely. right like it's yeah. changed with the times yeah. and um, yeah, and there's, I think, new different things we do. And so I think yeah. that's also exciting and great to share with the world too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So um, I guess a little bit of background about some of us. I was actually born and raised in community. Um, I was born in 1977. My dad was one of the leadership team and one of the pastors and also the community lawyer. And my mom did a lot of artwork for uh, Cornerstone Magazine and for Resurrection Band and for Cornerstone Festival. And, and uh, so, yeah, I was born here and I was raised here. And when I was just graduated high school and kind of getting out into the world, I had a very uh, personal encounter with God. And um, I admittedly, up until that point, I really disliked Christianity. I disliked the church. I, you know, my teenage years were sort of fraught with rebellion, but I really had a personal encounter with God and it changed my life. And because of that, I decided to stay and be a part of the community. Sort of been here ever since. It's just been my life and I've been a part of it and it's been my life's work (laughs) so far. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, Sarah, how did you come to Jesus People? Well, my sisters actually heard about uh, Jesus through Cornerstone. Um, My middle sister, Bethany, um, came with some friends and then uh, came home and my mom called me up and is like, your sister wants to move to Chicago to go live with this cult. And I'm like, (laughs) uh, I was on my lunch break and I'm like, "Uh, can we talk about this later? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What? (laughs) Um, And so, you know, we visited and and obviously that's not what it was. And so, uh, it was always a place that I liked to come visit and like to see my sister and I really love Chicago, but it was not ever anything that I imagined for myself. Um, and I also had an encounter, a very real encounter uh, during one of those uh, vacations. Um, I was taking a fat nap because I had just had some uptown um, and was ready to take a little nap while I was waiting for my sisters to get off work. And the Lord was like, hey, we got to get up. We got to talk about something. Um, and so he asked me to move into community. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not what you want me to do. Um, <laughs> he must surely he must mean something else because you know I had an established life, uh, you know, a house, a car, a, a good paying job, uh, friends longer than I ever had. I didn't have any reason that made sense uh, to be here, but I feel like sometimes the Lord asks you. Uh, you have what I call those Moses moments and. Uh, this was one of those opportunities, and I didn't have to say yes, but I did, and it is it has been so incredibly transformative, and I'm the happiest, and I feel the strongest in my faith. I feel the most connected to people um, and more in like connection with who I am and who I, who I feel I was made to be in this space than I ever have before in my life. So I have to ask, do you remember? way way before you moved in so rich and i took your sister home for Mm -hmm. um 
I don't know if it was for the holidays or something. We dropped her off because we were driving to Texas. And yeah. so we drove to Oklahoma, dropped her off, stayed the night, yep. and then never met you quite. Like, I think you came home from work when we were leaving or I don't know, something. But I do remember yeah. like this kind of, I don't know, like brief maybe meeting you really quickly. But I feel yeah. like that's the first time we met. But. No, it, like my bedroom so. was on the other side of the door from where you guys okay. were sleeping. So okay. I like popped my head out and saw like little sleeping bags or yeah. air mattresses or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then like just, you know, went to what? bed or yeah. whatever. And then I think when I got up, you guys were already gone. Oh, yeah. So okay. it was nice sleeping but. under the same roof with you briefly <laughs> yes, before, before we met. met. <laughs> yeah. And here you are. And now here we are. Yeah. So um, for me, so a, lit a little different than Nate, I did uh, grow up in Jesus people community, but um, my parents moved in when I was a baby. I had, it, I, I grew up loving living in community and loving God and feeling connected to relationships and feeling connected to, to God and um, growing in my faith. But I also had this urge, I had all these ideas of careers and jobs, and I always dreamed of doing these big things. And I think like for a while I wanted to be an overseas missionary. Then I wanted to be a anthropologist and and go do some like biblical biblical archaeology. And I had I just had always had these big things that um, I kind of dreamed of that were like and I and I would say to my parents like the minute I'm 18 I'm moving out I'm gonna go travel the world do all these things. And it's just so interesting how that was just always kind of the the path I assumed. Yet I felt so clearly that I was supposed to stay and do the work like do what whatever it was so so at the time actually when I I don't think it was even just this conscious decision of staying it was more so I started school I went and studied abroad and I was living in community but I, I spent six months abroad and there I experienced um, a lot of incredible friendships but all of these friendships I could tell they were all seeking this community that I had grown up with and so I was like wow I took this thing for granted, that this gift of these deep relationships that were, it was just this knowledge of more than a hundred people that I could always go to for anything and that would always like be there for me and I would be there for them. And just like that feeling of, of this giant family. And I could tell that these friends were looking for that and they were looking for it in churches. They were looking for it in friend groups. Um, and so many places were failing them. And I, I just encountered so much loneliness that I, I did have one moment there that I was like, wow, I, I definitely took the life that I was given for granted and I wanna experience it as an adult in a new way. And so, um, and my husband had been running the skate, uh, skateboard shop that we had. It used to be a skate cafe. And so we started dating and I think we've consciously decided almost, almost, I, I don't, I wouldn't say like yearly, but I think we, we both know that this is the, the ministry and the work that we want to be doing and the people we want to live with. And so I think it's just been a mix of both a calling and a decision. Yeah. I've been here 27 years. Wow. <laughs> well, my story, I, I, I kind of grew up here, but uh, from being a teenager on, uh, I came when I was uh, 17, almost 18, a uh, couple months out of being 18. And uh, I became a Christian when I was 13 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, a real amazing experience. Uh, didn't grow up in a household that went to church. We were Catholic, couldn't go to, to, to church really because my mom was highly allergic to incense. So we were never really uh, church going folks. My testimony on how I became a Christian is a, a story in itself. Uh, doesn't have anything to do with Jesus people. So, you know, maybe some other time we'll talk about that. <laughs> but um, so for, you know, three, four years, I really, I was, I did well for a while and then I'd, I'd backslide and not do real great and I'd start drinking and and things. And I was a teenager, you know, going to high school, struggling in high school. And um, one day I had a, a, a conversion, really, in my life after I had fallen away from the Lord for, uh, or not even fallen away, I kind of slowly walked away from God uh, for a while and um, was really at a, a low point in my life and 
miserable and contemplating suicide and all sorts of crazy things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my brothers came in and, and, and said some really cool things about how much they appreciated me and how I stayed um, uh, active with the church and helping my mom. And, you know, and they anyway, and it was it was really cool. And, and I real at that point, I realized I didn't I did, uh, God didn't leave me, which I was mm-hmm. feeling. I left him and uh, totally gave my life back to the Lord. And at that point, I really started feeling like I wanted to do full-time ministry. I just dropped out of high school. Um, you know, I wasn't doing great. I, and, and in my head, to, to do ministry, to be a, a missionary, if you will, you have to go to college. You have to go to another country. You have to learn a new language. You know, it's got to be really uh, something totally different. And I, I, I didn't have that ability. I'm the 17-year-old kid that college is probably not in the near future for me. And, uh, and what can I do? And, uh, and um, I started going to this, this uh, home church in, in Toledo. I'm from Ohio. And um, there was a guy there uh, from the church uh, or that, that grew up in that church. And he was um, living at this, this commune in Chicago called Jesus People USA. And uh, his brother and I became really good friends. Um, that was like my first time going to the, to the church. And um, that summer, his, his brother goes, hey, let's go to Chicago together. And so we jumped on a Greyhound bus and we went to Chicago for a week and I fell in love. I realized that, okay, to do ministry, you don't have to go to another country. You don't have to learn another language. Um, the amount of ministry that was here in Chicago, the amount of people that needed ministry, the poor, I never seen a homeless person in my life, uh, you know, um, when I came here, you know, we didn't, at the, that was before we had any of our shelters or anything, um, but we did have a feeding program. And, um, you know, and, and, and then that was what you would do when you were a visitor and you'd come for a week or so and you'd wanted to help out, you know, for, for a week, I, I, I fed the dinner guests uh, at our first house. And um, it, it just really hit me that, oh, this is a place that I can, I can be discipled. I can get that, that need that I need as a young Christian that's really been struggling, uh, and I can do ministry. Mm-hmm. Of course, you get the big ideas, and, and the instant thing you go, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I was in the theater, I'm going to be in Holy Ghost Players, or I'm going to be in a rock band, or I'm going to write for Cornerstone Magazine, and I'm having all these big things. But really what, what God's ministry for me was, was uh, becoming a roofer. And, and we had just started our... Uh, uh, the roofing company, and um, I first worked as a painting, painter, and I worked in a couple of our, our other businesses uh, when I first got here. Uh, you know, that's really how Jesus People is is funded, is through a lot of our businesses. And um, I know you guys work in a lot of the ministry ends of things, of Jesus People, and, and I got called into that business end of things. Uh, I came in and I worked as a painter when I first got here, then I left and I went out on our tree planting uh, company when we used to go out and plant trees down south and out west, which you probably never even heard those stories. They're amazing. <laughs> Maybe we get to talk about those someday because we had some amazing Definitely. adventures out tree planting. Um, yeah. And it was a blast. And uh, when I came back from tree planting, we had just started a roofing company called Jesus People Roofing. And, and I started roofing and I, and I, I became a, a roofing contractor. I injured my wrist uh, the first year and a half in. And I had to have surgery because I tore some ligaments. So I went and I drove for Resband. So what do you do when you're, you're a roofer in Chicago, you're, you're 19, 20 years old, and you just have surgery? You get a mohawk, you bleach it, and you go out traveling with a rock and roll band. So uh, shortly after I came to Japuza, I went out traveling uh, with, with Resband. I got to say, that's like one of the, one of the other life transforming uh, events in my life was when I went out traveling with Head Noise, who was sure. a punk band mm-hmm. um, that Jesus people had for a while. And we traveled with a bicycle circus that had a giant trailer. And so these are the kinds of things that Chapuza would just do. You know, we had a giant trailer that would convert into a theater and we'd pull up into parking lots and like unpack this circus and do this big bicycle circus that had a Christian theme and, uh, you know, a Christ message to it. And then head noise would play. And then we just, and like, we would literally just pull up in parking lots and do this thing. And so I traveled with them for like four weeks and we traveled all the way out to Los Angeles. But it's funny because on that trip, I met your husband yes. when we stopped in Texas and we Was did a show. Was he doing sound? 
Huh? Was he doing sound? Yeah, he was like doing for- sound. And I interviewed him because I was on this trip at this time because I I was sort of a burgeoning videographer. So I had started out um, when I graduated high school, I went to college uh, for two years and I was studying education. And so I wanted to become a teacher. And um, the I got invited to be a teacher at our school at Uptown Christian School here at Jesus People. And uh, while I was there, but while I was in college, I was also very involved in theater and I loved making films. And so I'd make these goofy films uh, and stuff like that. Well, that sort of actually turned into something. And so over the summers, I I got to travel to Romania, uh, Mm -hmm. to our mission over to Romania with Tim Bach um, and film about our Romanian ministry that we had. and then, uh, and then the next summer, I got to travel with this bicycle circus thing, and film it and do these interviews. And so, I actually interviewed your husband. That's so crazy. <laughs> in Such Texas, a small world. when he was like, a teenager, like putting on this show and promoting this show, uh, you know. And so, it was just really funny because I remember uh, when he somehow. When he first moved into Jesus People, they thought that I would be a good buddy for him. So what we used to do is back in the day, um, when somebody new came into Jesus People, they would be um, placed into a family group, which was basically just a married couple, maybe a few different married couples together um, with a group of single people. And then you would have a buddy, which was sort of like your community mentor, like when you moved in. That was your buddy. So I was Rich's buddy <laughs> when he first moved in. And like, I just, I remember like he, we had connected a couple of times and had a couple of conversations. And I remember at one point he, he said, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we actually met in Texas. <laughs> and you interviewed wow. me for this thing. And yeah. I was oh, like, that's hilarious. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. But. But yeah, it's just one of the things, though, too, is like that you're saying is like ministry has always been such a huge part of our community. Yeah. And I remember we used to call it when I was younger, they used to call it the ministry. Yeah. That was everybody called Jesus people. Oh, I'm part of the ministry, you know, and and, you know, what you were saying, like even when you first came here and you did dinner guests, Mm -hmm. like that was my lunchroom. Like that was you know in our house at Malden, we would have to we would come home from school uh from the building next door and then we would come and have kids would have lunch and then we would have to leave so that the dinner guests could come in and have their lunch because it wasn't enough room for everybody to eat all at once Mm -hmm. i mean we would feed hundreds of people oh well right before right before i went on the road with resband to drive we we, i drove the rv is what i did um and then uh i was the deke of the week back then Mm. in fact a funny story so i was deke of the week is what we now call the coordinators so you have the coordinators and they kind of Which coordinate. coordinators is also just a Jesus people term. Exactly. For administrators, yeah, HR. Yeah, it's like the, the people that kinda, administrate. Yeah. So yeah. back then you had, it was, yeah. anyway, you yeah. were kind of the, the, the house manager, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And so called the deke of the week, but you were in charge of the dinner guests and mm-hmm. setting it up and making sure that you had your list of guys that were going to serve and everything. And they, they ate in our dining room. And so you had to set it up and, and clean it. And then everyone came in and they ate and then you had to clean it up again. Cause then you, we had our dinner right after the dinner guests, you know, an hour or so later, we mm-hmm. had dinner for ourselves in that, in that dining room. Um, and it was, it was an amazing experience. And I did that for about six months to the point that this is when your brother was like first born. Mm-hmm. He was, he was maybe two, just learning how to talk. And, and, and one day I walk up to him, I go, Hey, what's my name? He goes, Dika the week. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, so oh yeah, cute. I need a new job. <laughs> That's so cute. Well, and, and it's interesting because like that that ministry that we had, the just yeah. like very practical like feeding of people, yeah. then turned to like sheltering people in our dining room, like yeah. that that morphed fairly. That's quickly. where CCO started. Yeah, right. and that's where that's where CCO our, started. Yeah, that yeah, and so it's just. It's one of those things like we've always been people who have been ministry minded and been looking at like, oh, what are the needs like? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, sorry to interrupt. Um, So I think even what you were saying about like dreaming of this, like, oh, how can I Mm -hmm. raise up the money to go be a missionary? And then realizing like, actually, there's people who need need it. I mean, so many things, Um, even just relationships. But it like it just it boils down to so many like physical needs 
um, just right outside our door, right next to us, yeah. our neighbors. And so um, I think that was one of the big draws to staying for mm -hmm. both my husband and I is yeah. like, we, we can, we can serve others in, in our neighborhood. We don't need to go do something big, you know, like there's, yeah. there's a way well, and to. I think it, it's been great. I mean, I've been here almost 38 years uh, mm -hmm. is what it, it's, it, it's been kind of freaks me out because I don't feel like I'm even 38 years old yet. Um, <laughs> I came when I was two. No, um, so <laughs> it's um, just how many ministries have started and how serendipitous they've been. Mm -hmm. I mean, our feeding program, the whole way that the, the dinner guest program started was a neighborhood guy came up to, to one, of the, uh, one of the young guys that, that lived at, at, at Jesus People at the time. And he said, hey, can I have dinner with you? And he goes, sure, come on in, let's have dinner. Next day he goes, hey, can my buddy join me? And it was like, sure. And, and word got out that, oh, you can go and have dinner at Jesus people. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and it was just inviting a guy into the house to have dinner. Our neighbors. It was, yeah, it was our <laughs> yeah. neighbors. And that, that's why <laughs> it was, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> yeah, it. So, and, yeah. and it became, you know, and, and it's not, we didn't want to say that it's a feeding program or anything. That's why it's dinner guests, because that's mm -hmm. what it was. That's yeah. how it started. Yeah. They were guests of our house. They ate the same food we did. We did, you know, we, whatever dinner we had, that's what the dinner guests mm -hmm. had. Mm -hmm. And um, our, our, the CCO, the original women's shelter, started the exact same way. It started with uh, a woman and her children coming into the lobby on a really cold winter night, and there were no shelters that were taking anyone. And they, they were, I'm homeless and I and I have nowhere to stay. Can I stay in the lobby? Yeah. And they stayed in the lobby, and and it was a really bad winter, and there was a real lack of housing, if I remember right, in yeah. the city at the time. And more and more women showed up, and women yeah. with kids. And, and um, at the time, at the same time, we would guys yeah. would go out and pick up men and take men to the different men's shelters around the city but it was yeah. hard for women and children yeah well at the time i mean you were a kid right yeah you're, I was you're a kid. if i came home after eight o'clock mm -hmm. you know i would have to step over people to yeah. get to the door yeah. to go upstairs to our apartment like it was mm -hmm. it, and and that was just a reality for me and and i just and it was funny I, and for a long time i just assumed that was how everybody lived yeah you know growing up in community i just thought oh everybody's lobby is full of homeless people you know yeah. that's just what people do well and and it, it got to a point where it moved from the lobby to our dining, dining room that dining room became the dining room was everything i yeah. mean the dining room at 4707 north malden where we started mm -hmm. that was that was the center of yeah. of our, our our existence it's mm -hmm. where we ate breakfast and yeah. we had we had workers, workers breakfast, men's, men's breakfast in the morning. And, you know, at that point we had all sorts of construction companies yeah. and masons and roofing yeah. and, and we go yeah. out and everyone come in and they'd, they'd sing and you have prayer breakfast. Yeah. We had prayer breakfast every morning. Yeah. Then you go off to work. And then uh, that's where you guys would have lunch and it would go from, yeah. from the prayer, you know, the, the men's go, prayer breakfast. Yeah, from lunch to, 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 dinner, guests, to dinner guests, to, to lunch for the kids or, or yeah. vice versa. It'd be lunch for the kids, then, then to dinner, dinner guests, guests, and then to our dinner, yeah. and then to the shelter, for the women's shelter. Yeah. And it's like, hey, this is it. And, and on, on the weekends, Sundays, it, was it, was, it was a movie theater. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it was, was a movie theater. It was a movie theater. It yeah. was church. And it, it was, was church Sunday morning. Church on Sunday so morning. It was like that, was, that one space. Yeah. Everything revolved, revolved around that around one that one little room yeah. yeah it was pretty amazing yeah and it was interesting because even at that time we were in several different buildings yeah so you know the, the single men lived in a building like kind of kitty corner and there was another building that was like a block and a half away you know and then there was another building that was like down the block on malden and so really the 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 life of the community like all happened in that dining mm -hmm. room like it yeah. was everybody came from all the houses everywhere you know that's where the meals were served yeah. And, you know, and so much of our community life is just around meals. Yeah. And it's uh, around like the togetherness and family, you know, the community around sharing meals together, um, yeah. you know, which is, is so. Well, and great. I think that's that's something, though, that's that's remained. I mean, yeah. we still have those spots. It, oh, you yeah. know, we have the garden room now where, you know, even with COVID, you know, obviously we're socially distancing and we're we're doing so much mm. less together. You know, we don't have a dining room right now, but we have those spaces. We have the yard where all the kids go out and, and hang out and, and you can hang out in the yard. And, and, and it's been so great. Mm -hmm. um, I so, remember uh, when I first moved into community, uh, the first floor potluck that we had 
I was just like, what is happening here? I that walk out awesome. of my room yep. and there's all these milk crates on the floor. Like <laughs> everybody's dragging chairs out of rooms and like propping doors open. And I'm surprised we didn't blow circuits with all the crock pots that were going. <laughs> and, it was, and it was just like the weirdest, widest range of foods, but just like everybody sitting and talking and, uh, you know, just having a good time and enjoying each other's company. And I just remember thinking like, this is really special because it was it was actually I moved in um, two weeks before um, Don Hill passed away. Wow. So when I, you know, moved into this space, the very first thing that I um, encountered was just like this overwhelming sense of like loss, but also just seeing how the community like came together to care for people like in that and just. I just remember like all the notes that were left on the door, the people who would take care of laundry, um, you know, for the family or getting meals and stuff like that. And then, you know, we'd, we had this like kind of gathering or whatever and mm -hmm. just thinking like, wow, this is something that is mm -hmm. really special, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I had never personally encountered loss like that. Um, but it was it was such a heavy thing to come into but such a very beautiful thing yeah. um, mm -hmm. like to, to be able to see and witness. And I, yeah. and I think that's when, yeah, it was, I was like, wow, this really is um, special. So we're all just like, you know, sitting there on our little milk crates or, you know, whatever, dragging chairs up. And, and that was the first time where it, it felt like family at a dinner table, only mm -hmm. it's, you know, lining the hallways and, hey, did you try this? And, uh, you gotta whatever's in that crock pot. You need a scoop of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, does anybody have a spoon? I'm like, oh, I can't find my water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so, awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, and I think that, and I think about okay, what are other things that, as a podcast, what can we talk about? And you saying the thing about Don Hill, and I mean, mm -hmm. I'm instantly starting to, to feel emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But even the way that, as a community, we can experience death mm -hmm. and um he was a good friend mm -hmm. yeah. and walking through him through his illness and with yeah. his family and the support that he had you know that was i think when i first came to community that was i saw that that was there mm -hmm. i saw that this is a family that all these people their family and yeah. even though there's 300 people at the time i think uh at Japuza, you know, you could see that this is a family and everyone loves each other mm -hmm. and they all support each other. Mm -hmm. And it was it was so uh, obvious that that's that, that how close it was, it, like you said. Think, and and it, it was unique. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's still unique and we still yeah. have that, that uniqueness to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, things that we, we need to talk about is yeah. death in community and how do you yeah. deal with it yeah. and weddings, which are such yeah, an amazing yeah. time of joy mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, you know, births. I mean, you mm -hmm. guys, you have a new baby and yeah. you yeah. have a new child and I'm about to be a grandpa, and, yeah. and, and, you know, for the first time. So, um, yeah, I think there's so many yeah. things we can talk about that yeah. are, are just, well, you know. I do think, I think one, like, really unique thing that we're experiencing in our time and culture and and country mm -hmm. is uh jesus people community does feel like that um which i i think very much the culture the american culture mm -hmm. especially um or you know in the united states the culture seems to be once, so you're very independent, insular, probably have your little like nuclear family, mm -hmm. and then you go off and do your own thing, probably across the country or wherever you get a job or go to college and you're, you're off independent and then you start your life there. Mm -hmm. right. And you create your little social circle and then maybe your own nuclear family there and everyone's just really spread out. There isn't where I feel like the, the feeling of Jesus people is like the village that you build a family or make connections and deep relationships with and you stay and you have that longevity feeling even even after I, I think and tell me if even after living a few years like mm -hmm. versus like I feel like there's this this feeling of everyone takes care of everyone like I just hear that term like it takes a village to raise a child which yeah. is so 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 true mm -hmm. but 
a lot of people don't have that village. It takes a village to go through loss. It mm -hmm. takes a village to go through, to, to uh, be in a, I, I don't know, like, yeah, be a parent, but I'm just trying to think of these other big things. Like be, be mm -hmm. in a, um, just in a, in a position where you're, you, you need community. I feel like, mm -hmm. I mean, um, yeah. I, everyone does, but, yeah. but I feel like community looks so different in our, in our modern life well, and think, world. And I think this is like a unique, like really a gift in that. Well, even the, the oh, joy absolutely. of being in community during a pandemic. Oh yes. yeah. I mean, yeah. I could no not imagine. I could not. And no I, place. I mean, I, I, yeah. with our business, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, uh, 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 still working. I've, I've worked every day of the pandemic because, um, you know, our business kept going mm -hmm. and, uh, just talking to some of the folks that I work with and seeing, you know, the, the, how hard it was, especially mm -hmm. back in mm -hmm. uh, March, April and May when yeah. everything was shut down. Mm -hmm. And, and we still, even though we shut down and we were in our rooms a lot and we didn't do it, but it was still, you still had at least some interaction mm -hmm. at dinner when you went down and we were able to get dinner, you know, mm -hmm. we still had that interaction mm -hmm. when you were able to work on, on the, the weekends and, you know, everyone hates their weekend work, which will be another podcast in the future. Yeah, we can uh, talk about our chore, yeah, hey, yeah, our chore, our chore rotation. Weekend work, chore rotation. Chore rotation. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. We're, we're going to have to figure out some jargon here. And, I know, and, and right? We're going to have to have a little, a little dictionary for yeah. to put the jargon. Yeah, we can. That won't be the rep. I mean, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm in the oh flesh. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we had each other during a pandemic, you mm -hmm. still... Yeah we're able to, to, to see each other and, and reach out to people. And I'm noticing that even too of like, so like, was it la last night? My days, I'm not getting a lot of sleep with a when little had, seven yeah, month old, yard. but last night we had a community Ten, gathering, yeah. mm -hmm. which we used to have in-person weekly, this time of worship, just hanging out. Um, last night was a celebration of everyone in Birthdays. November's birthday. And um, that, just those moments that we still get them, like mm -hmm. when, you know, the weather was great and we're all gathering outside and we're trying to, you know, wear a mask and be distance and be wise, but like also connect and be mm -hmm. together and like, what a, what a gift. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. Well, and even the, the, the fact that that was the second time, I think we've gotten mm -hmm. together as a yeah. community. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I think the time in before person. that was Easter when, yeah. and, and oh, the only yeah. thing gathering was yeah. standing in line six feet apart with a mask on right. getting dinner, right. which you right. took to your room. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was, that was it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's great. And uh, I'm so glad yeah. that God blessed us with that weather from yesterday. Yeah. I think it's so. something that uh, being the newest member because um, i've only been here uh five and a half years um i think it's something that is it's so hard to explain mm -hmm. like the feeling mm -hmm. that it gives like knowing that you have the support knowing mm -hmm. that you have like okay so maybe you're gonna get upset at somebody who took your laundry slot or <laughs> you know or parked your a van <laughs> to another van and you can't get in the car you have to like crawl in through the trunk or whatever like those things are momentary <laughs> and like fleeting but you know that like when stuff really gets hard or great like there are people there to support you and to celebrate with you mm -hmm. and um, that's something like I had my, my nuclear family, mm -hmm. like at mm -hmm. home, um, really solid group of friends, like mm -hmm. a church that I loved. And just, that was probably the diffi most difficult part about moving here was like leaving my church yeah. and my friends. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt like I had support, but in coming here, it's something that's just so difficult to describe this experience. It's so much deeper um and it i mean it's something that my friends were a little hurt mm. uh because at the beginning i'm like okay well i'm only gonna stay nine months and then after that i'm getting on with my life right mm. and this is a this is my time to find myself or mm. or whatever gap year yeah, yeah. my gap my, <laughs> my belated gap, gap, year. gap year my gap year is i'm turning 30 like <laughs> is what it was midlife crisis whatever you want to call it um and so uh, you know, coming into that, um, but the longer I stayed, the more, like, I, I realized I was like, oh, this is not just going to be a nine months thing. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying to tell myself that that wasn't the case. 
Um, but then towards the end of it, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm here for at least a year. And my friends, I just remember them being like really upset because they thought this was just going to be like a, a momentary thing, like a, like a lengthened business, mm -hmm. uh, like mission trip or yes. whatever. Yes. Like, oh, she's just, she'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back to movies and sushi night or whatever. Um, yeah. and yeah, like it wasn't until they all came and stayed, which it took several years to get all my close friends to come and like experience Japuza. Um, but I feel like once they did, they were all like, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, so it's not something that you can really ex explain really. Like we can give examples, but it's just something that once you're here, you just know. And mm -hmm. it, it's just like this deep. Um, I don't know. It's like a hug. Yeah. Like, like a warm yeah. sweater. Um, but we don't give hugs right now because no, yeah, no we don't give hugs. No hugs. We don't no, give no. hugs right now. But <laughs> COVID. Um, yeah, COVID. But <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's just such a it's such yeah. a safe space. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, just so incredibly life giving. Yeah. So yeah. it's right. funny because I've you know I've grown up in this, and so to me this is my usual life experience. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. community life is just my life. It's just all mm -hmm. what I've always had. I've never known anything different. And even mm -hmm. though the community has changed over the years that I've been alive and been here, um, a lot of these things that you're talking about, you know, really that support, that connection, mm -hmm. you know, those deep things. Like I just assumed everybody's life was like that for a long time. Like mm -hmm. I really did. I mm -hmm. just, assumed no. everybody lived like this mm -hmm. and you know and as i got older um and i began to realize like oh no not everybody does live like this mm -hmm. and a lot of people are lonely and a lot of people don't have this kind of support and a lot of people are you know um they're really in places that um yeah the, the, there's there's a lot of um you know depression and, and there's a lot of um, anger there's a lot of separation you know there's like all these things that's mm -hmm. like when we go through some of that stuff we have people around us like if I get you know if I'm in a funk if I'm feeling depressed or different things like that you know there are people around me constantly that are like oh hey Nate how are you doing are you yeah. doing okay Checking you, know? In. Yeah. you know and, and yeah. can do that and, and that you feel safe sharing with safe sharing too with. Like, yeah mm -hmm. that and and so you yeah. can walk through those things with people. And mm -hmm. and likewise, you see that in others. You know, you see somebody, you know, oh, I know so-and-so is having a bad day, mm -hmm. you know. And you can pull them aside and say, hey, you know, are, are you doing all right? Can I pray for you? You know, mm -hmm. can you know, do you need to talk about anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's that. And, and again, I always thought that was normal. Like, I thought that was what everybody did mm -hmm. until... Like I was probably in my twenties before I realized, like, oh no, well, this is sort of a unique experience, mm -hmm. and um, that sounds a lot like a like ministry, Nate. Yeah, yeah, wow. I know, <laughs> amazing. No, and I think it's it's great, and, and just the, the 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 amount of resources that we have, and you're able to have, and you take advantage of, and you don't even realize it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it, yeah, it's incredible. I mean. Just even as, as as poor as we've been over the years, and and we've never been like an affluent uh, ministry or church. You know, it's mm -hmm. not. You know, we're not. Uh, I won't say any names, but we're not not any big churches that are making millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> wait, wait, okay. I was told that at ten years I would get like a gold grill with like diamonds in it. No, is that not true? No, they, they moved that to twenty. I years. don't get a Rolex yeah. or anything. Nothing, oh. no, no, not even a pink Cadillac. Yeah. <laughs> no. You get pink hair. Okay. You can get pink hair. Then. I'm still looking for my pastor's kid's Swiss bank account. I know. <laughs> I'm, that. I'm sorry. It's, I don't know yeah. where that went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, you know, but just. We got a Swiss roll for you. <laughs> Yeah. But from the dollar tree, yeah, a little Debbie Dollar Tree <laughs> Swiss yeah. roll. It's it's like the um, it's like uh, the the barn building, you know, from mm. when you, you used to you'd hear about people and they do the the barn building. I want to come together and they boom, barn pop raising, the, the barn yes. raising, barn raising. Uh -huh. It's like That's a barn what, raising. So I wanted to say, and we we get things like that every day, yes. you know. It's yes. you, you take advantage of what you have, even though it's not a lot. I mean, you that that's it. You, yeah. you bring your resources together. You bring your talents together. 
and amazing things happen and yeah. God uses it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the, like the serendipitous of uh, CCO coming out of a couple of women and or a woman and her kids that needed a place to sleep for the night mm -hmm. or our feeding program coming out of, hey, can I have dinner with you? Yeah. Um, and now we have, uh, you know, between all of our programs at the shelter, we can provide shelter for over 300 people. We yeah. have one of the largest family programs uh, in the city of Chicago, mm -hmm. um, you know, serving families. We do a food pantry for, you know, at least 100 people a week, um, mm -hmm. like elderly living on fixed incomes, especially mm -hmm. now with the pandemic, we've seen an increase in numbers. And it's so special to hear you guys like tell these stories about like, started with a man asking if he can come to dinner and that's where I work. And so mm -hmm. like seeing the other side of that, I didn't get to be a part of that beginning, but I get to be a part of what's happening now. And I get to see the fruit of that labor and like all that love and care that you put into the community mm -hmm. and, and what that means, not just for Uptown, but for the city of Chicago mm -hmm. um, and how desperately needed, you know, that stuff is. And, um, well, and when I was young and I was really, feeling called to Jesus people community to be a minister. And I was, I was a roofing contractor and I'd be out roofing. You'd start early in the morning. You'd work late in the days and you'd come home and you'd be tired. And you're like, I, you'd be frustrated. I mean, it was frustrating at times because you're mm. tired and you're like, I went to be a minister. I wanted mm. to be, do missions. I wanted to be a minister, do ministry. And you'd see a woman walking into the dining room to, to sleep and you go, oh yeah me being able to work and make yeah. money is is what's allowing her to have a place well, to sleep. And that's exactly what's going on now. Exactly. Still, just Still like with today. our huge structure, the well, only reason we can yeah. do and, that ministry is the the businesses yeah, that well, are like and, and helping. Your wife even like, I remember like at a meeting I was at with her, she put it in a way that I'd never, like, and this was just a few months ago, mm -hmm. and she put it in a way I'd never really heard it before. And she said, imagine if there was a church who all mm -hmm. the members got together and they said, you know what, we are going to pool our resources together so that 40 uh, members of our church can do nothing but full-time ministry. They're gonna work with the poor full-time, but the, uh, the rest of us, we're gonna support them full-time. We're gonna take care of their housing, we're gonna take care of their meals, we're gonna take care of everything. Mm -hmm. And she's like, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what mm -hmm. we do as a community. You know, we enable people mm -hmm. to not have to worry about, you know, their meals, their housing, you know, their clothes, their different things like that, so that they can just focus 100% on being available yeah. to those people in need, yeah, you know, exactly. at CCO that, and, and, that's it. And, and at other places. Like, we've even got Friendly Towers. Like, we haven't even talked about Friendly Towers yet. No. Yeah. And, oh, which yeah. is a huge ministry yeah. that's just right in our house. Yeah. yeah, you know, uh, senior citizens living in our house, low-income senior citizens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, when we moved into the building at at nine twenty, um, it was a, a pretty bad place, and it was housing um, a number of senior citizens. And when we bought the building, we had every right to kick them out and say, "Okay, you guys got to go find someplace else to go." But we really said no. This is a need, you know, mm -hmm. low-income housing for senior citizens is a need. Mm -hmm. And so when we moved into the 920 building, we took the top three floors and we have been renovating them for the last 20 years <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. and uh, <laughs> making them nice. But I mean, really a, a majority of the rooms up there are really, just really nice. Mm -hmm. They're a, a good, safe uh, place for these um, elderly people to live mm -hmm. and and being in our house, there's a life that just happens at Jesus people mm -hmm. that some of these people, they have no connection with their families. They have no connection with friends or different things like that. But we as a community have adopted them mm -hmm. and, you know, and they know us and, mm -hmm. and we know them and we say hi and we see them in the elevators and in the lobby and we connect with them. And, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's the life that we have in our community. It even pours out into these um seniors that live in our building with yeah. us yeah. and and that in itself is is another ministry yeah. you know that we have and so it's just wherever we go there seems to be some sort of like oh 
there's another ministry. And again, because we are all together, because we are all doing this together, yeah. and we're able to pool our resources and we're able to pool things exactly. together, we're able to say, oh, okay, yeah, we can take this on too. You know, we can do that. We can do this. But it's, it's still God has to remind you throughout. I mean, I, I can tell you of multiple conversations where I've had to be reminded of that. Like mm-hmm. on the feeding program, I remember going to, I think it was Andrew Winter one day. Uh, Andrew Winter, who's the, he's the CFO of, of our shelter, of Cornerstone Community Outreach. And, uh, and going to him and go, man, I'm just so bummed. I go, you know, I, I just miss the days when we had the feeding program. We, I go, we, we, at that point, I think we were doing a feeding program twice a week. Mm-hmm. I go, we used to do a feeding program every day and we'd have 100 to 200 people eating in our dining room every day. And now we're only doing it twice a week. And, you know, it's, it's over. And he goes, Chris, he goes, we, we only do a feeding program twice a week, but we don't only feed them now. We house them. We have 300 people right. <laughs> that mm-hmm. stay that at Cornerstone. Eating. We're giving them They're beds. We're giving them rooms. Yeah. He goes, and... They eat breakfast, yeah. lunch, and dinner yeah. if they need to. We're not giving them one meal. We're right. giving them three if they need right. it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess, you know, so it's just putting things in yeah. perspective. And our food pantry, that's groceries for the week. Exactly. And, and uh, I've, I've gone several times and helped. And I go and I help at, you know, the holidays when we're giving out turkeys and stuff. And it's so mm-hmm. fun. Um, you know, I've, 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 I sit on the board for Cornerstone, um, which has just been a, a joy to be able to get involved uh, as someone that's been on the business end for so long, getting back involved in some of the ministries. Um, but um, yeah, to see all these people that are, are, are they're being fed. They're, they're, they're people that may not have a good meal or a balanced meal, at least, without our, our feeding program. And a lot of them are senior citizens. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people that we're giving food boxes to are senior citizens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think another another time of, of really just finding my ministry was... was and I don't know if I can pinpoint it to a day, um, but I think I can definitely find a, there was a point in my life when I kind of, I had gone, it's, it's when we were getting our new building across the street and they had the senior citizens. Uh, it was a senior citizens building. We were going to move in. All the seniors were going to move up to the top three floors and someone was going to need to manage that, that, that business, you mm-hmm. know, of, of the, and I just had such a heart for, working with with senior citizens. I had done it uh, back uh, actually right next door when it was a senior citizen so many years ago. And I would volunteer when I was Deke of the Week. You'd have a four-hour break because you started at six in the morning and you worked till midnight. So you had a four-hour break every middle of the day. Um, And I would go and work at the senior citizen's home. And I loved it. I just enjoyed working with seniors. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done at Lakefront. This is, what was it, right around 1991, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I, I know business. I can run the senior citizen. So I went and I, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I wanted to and like, no, we're going to open a new location. We need you to manage it. And, um, you know, it was that uh, right about that point that I realized that what is ministry? Mm-hmm. Ministry is relationships. Ministry is, you know, uh, building relationships. Mm-hmm. Sales is the same thing. Sales is relationships. And mm-hmm. I, I'm working in a business and at that point, we were just starting to hire folks outside of Jesus people. Uh, and we had just started REM, which was the, the hiring arm of, of Jesus People USA when we, when we bring people in. And, uh, and I, I was in management. And so I'm building, getting to know all these people that are now working for us. And, mm-hmm. I, and I know all of our customers. And we're, we're a contractor supply. I work for Lakefront Supply, which we sell building materials. Uh, that's where I went from roofing. I went to selling building materials. Um, we have the same customers come in every day. The, our very first customer, this was our first location, the, the building mm-hmm. we're sitting in, mm-hmm. back in 1985, our very first customer, his name was Grady Humphrey, came in, had a, a, a company called High Temp, and uh, he still shops with us. He's over 80 years old, wow. and he still gets wow. on a roof once or twice a week. He still comes in. So after all this time, he's still been there. And I have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and, and anytime you are building a relationship with a person, whether it's for ministry or not, there's that opportunity. And, and, mm-hmm. and they get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And what is your ministry? It's, it's living for Christ through your daily life. Yeah. And over the yeah. years, the number of customers that I've had amazing conversations with, because they know who I am, mm-hmm. and I don't hide that I'm a Christian, and folks that are atheists and have come to me to, to pray for people in their family 
Mm. Um, or people that are having health problems that are just like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Would you pray for me? Mm. Uh, you know, and even just the daily, you're working with a contractor and he drops the, the F-bomb and he apologizes instantly. And it's hilarious because it happens pretty much every day. Someone will come up and I, blah, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and it's like, that's uh, all right. I, I work with contractors. I've heard those <laughs> words before, <laughs> you know. So, but that, that's ministry. And it, and it took me time to realize that, you know, this is God's calling in my life. Mm-hmm. It's to the people I work with every day. It's to our employees. It's to our customers. Um, and that's ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I gave a sermon many years ago on what is your ministry. And that's what I talked about is, mm-hmm. you know, your ministry is what you make of it. Once we become a Christian, you're, you, God calls you to be a minister mm-hmm. of some sort, whether you're a fireman or a policeman or you work at a homeless shelter, you know, uh, or a roofing supply house. Um, God calls us to be ministers. And that's just building relationships yeah. and yeah. trying to live Christ through yourself and caring and, caring caring and, 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 and caring letting others know and share yeah. that yeah. love of Christ through them. Yeah. And you don't have to preach at them. If, you're, if you've got a, I mean, these guys I've known for 30 years, they know who I am. And that, that in itself, the conversations you have, the relationships you build, mm-hmm. you know, some of our, mm-hmm. our customers, I've gone fishing with them. I've gone, you know, I've done lots of things with these guys and, and they know who I am. And I've really had the ability to share Christ with a lot mm-hmm. of these guys. Mm-hmm. So just taking that, that advantage of that and being able to, you know, turn your job into your ministry has been such a blessing. And it's part of the resources, the same thing. And the yeah. fact that, oh, I work in a business that's owned by a Christian ministry. So I do have a little bit more freedom to, to share my, my personal feelings of Christ and my, you know, how I, 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 I want mm-hmm. others to know about him. Romania, you spoke about Romania yeah. earlier, and I was I was blessed to be a very big part of our Romanian business when we had uh, our business in Romania. And I went with Tim uh, one time, and we were in Bucharest, uh, and we we're we we're, we're just there on a layover overnight. And we're going to fly out the next day, and we'd we a couple times, several times, we would stay at the there was a Pentecostal college uh, in downtown Bucharest. And they would let us stay there. And um, so we got there one night and it was whatever, a Wednesday night or something. And they were having a church service, a night service. And uh, the president of the college, you know, took us over to his house for dinner and all. And we had this. And, and then we went to church. And when we were at church, he's like, oh, we need the two missionaries from Chicago to speak, <laughs> you know. And it was really cool because at the time, what they were doing on their, on their Wednesday night or maybe it was a Sunday evening service but in their evening service, they had different parishioners get up mm-hmm. and preach. Mm-hmm. And about three weeks before that, I had given a sermon, the sermon here of what is your ministry? And um, so they had this guy get up and he goes, and it was awesome. And it was in Romanian. And the, the, the pastor's daughter spoke fluent English and she's translating everything to Tim and I. And so he's giving us a sermon and he, he's like, look, you know, as Christians, we all feel called to be ministers. And, and we all think that, oh, we need to go out. We need to go out in the world and be ministers to where they need it. We need to go to the United States because no one in the United States even knows Christ. They're so lost, you know, and it's like, okay, this is funny. And, uh, and, and he gave a very similar, mm-hmm. he goes, but there's ministry right here in Bucharest. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are people, he goes, there's people from America that want to come to Bucharest to be ministers to us. We can be ministers to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And he, he gave a, it was hilarious that he gave such a parallel yeah. uh, sermon to what I did. And then, of course, we have to get up and, and, and speak. And I was able to, to echo what he said and say, look, I just gave almost the exact same sermon mm-hmm. in, in my city, in my church in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it's, 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 that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like you talk about like finding what your ministry was mm-hmm. and I had a moment where I realized what my ministry was, was when I was a part of a group. Um, a good friend of mine was, uh, who grew up here as well, Jacob Heiss. Um, he had started this little Bible study group called Discipleship Ministries. And, you know, he kind of got it going with a couple different people. Um, but then he asked if I wanted to come on and help out and become a part of it. And at the time, I just thought it was like a Bible study group. And I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll join your Bible study. That's what I, what I got out of it. 
And, um, but really it turned into something very different. And I think through that, I realized what my ministry was into Jesus people is it was really ministering to the community, to the people here in the community. Like it, it became something like every Wednesday night we would get together and do something. And sometimes it was like we would go down to the bridge with a wagon and leftover food and we would go bring food down there to folks. Sometimes it was prayer night and we would just have one night where it was just intense prayer. Sometimes it was a worship night. We just have worship. Sometimes it was a Bible study. You would do neighborhood walks, right? Yeah, like we would do neighborhood prayer, prayer, prayer walks. walks. Yes. Yeah. We would do... Um, Remember that. And and it, it opened my eyes to like what ministry could be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and how discipleship, bringing up young Christians, you know, looking into the word with young Christians and, you know, talking about questions and doing practical mm-hmm. Christian work, you know, mm-hmm. going out and feeding people under the bridge, you know, things like that. I'm glad you said that because I was like, you, you just said... Going to the bridge. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Feeding, the feeding people uh, yeah. under the bridge Tension. and, you know, and praying for people, you know, just going out and we would do these prayer walks and we would, sometimes you would just walk to locations and pray for them. And sometimes you would actually talk to people and say, hey, do you need prayer? You know, but just all of these little practical things and just being able to um, facilitate those and to show young Christians that this is what this is what a walk with Christ, this is what right. ministry can look like. Yeah. And I really began to see like, oh, this is part of what my ministry is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of opening those doors for people and, mm-hmm. and allowing people to see what the possibilities of ministry are. Yeah. And discipleship was really something that I began to realize like, oh, this is something that my ministry and Jesus people could be, you know, whereas Chris mm-hmm. has business and working there and like Sarah you are directly you know involved in in the shelter and you know the my ministry ended up being like oh it's discipleship you know mm-hmm. it is sitting down with people and having conversations about Jesus about your relationship with God about who you know about how you do that practical walking out of yeah. things um, and that was a really powerful thing for me to find a place in community I think that is one thing you have to find like what is your what is your place? What is God calling you to be, you know, within community? Community itself is a calling, but, right. you know, what is the calling inside of that as yeah. well? Right. And that really kind of became who um, who God showed me, like, this is what I want you to do is discipleship. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and to be that um, person who can just open the doors of opportunity, of ministry opportunity for others and just say, hey, this is what's possible. Yeah, you know, this is what's possible with God, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> it's, yeah. a, it's an important job. And uh, yeah. when I first came here, I'd say the first like two years or so, I had a hard time seeing that as, uh, I, I guess, as a job, as mm-hmm. as something like coming from the outside. It was like you know, uh, very. I was very much like productivity minded and okay we these are the goals these are the things we have to accomplish and you know like working at the shelter like yeah that's a ministry but but then I would I would there'd be a moment where someone would come in and like ask for prayer and like oh I just had this really difficult encounter you know with someone at the front desk and I at first I had like this mindset of like oh well gosh now I have to stop what I'm doing and you know like (laughs) taking away yes taking away from the really important stuff that you know that needs to be done here and it took me a long time to not feel guilty from stepping away to be able to give people that space and Mm -hmm. Um, have the heart and the compassion to be like, hey, mm-hmm. like, let's listen to this and let's pray about it together. And it's so important. Um, and now I see it as even more important. It's not something that you can, you know, see on a sales report or a pie graph or it's not something that I can check off of my daily to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it is something that is even more important, I feel like, to take those moments and and really like, pour into people um and so yeah it's it's something that's really special about about being here and and kind of finding those those special gifts that the lord has in you and and it isn't it great like how he like pulls all of that out of us and you didn't even realize that you had those gifts or talents and then all of a sudden you're like 
knee deep in it or neck deep in it and you're like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh i guess this is a thing that the lord has given me uh you know yeah. a skill or a, a special heart for people or yeah or whatever and just yeah. getting to see that in everybody everybody's yeah. journey yeah. like through that with the lord and then like together yeah yeah, I appreciate that. I even think that just reminds me of just when you study the Bible, you study Jesus's life. Jesus's, J- Jesus's life was so much about just being with people mm-hmm. yeah. and, and discipling mm-hmm. and sharing God's love and sharing the message of love. And, um, and I, I just, I think of that because I've just been thinking about Luke 10 a lot and reflecting on it and talking about it with people. And I did a little brief, um, uh, sharing of a, a, a passage in there of the Good Samaritan. But it's funny because the story right, either right before or after, I can't remember, but in Luke 10 as well is the Martha Mary story. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is making me think of that, of like Martha, who's like doing all the work and Mary's sitting at Jesus's feet listening. And he's like, Mary is doing what is right. And then I also think of the Good Samaritan story, which is also in that passage, which is um, the law expert is like, questioning Jesus, like, what, what, do, what do we do to, to get eternal life? Like, what's, what do we have to do? What's the, or what's the most important commandment? What's the best? Jesus is like the greatest commandment, our, our love God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like both of those stories, I feel like Jesus' people encompasses that a lot. Yeah. Like, there is a lot, there is so much care in love of neighbor, whether it's the neighbors we live with or don't live with, mm-hmm. right? Like the neighbors in our community and the neighbors outside our, our community walls and buildings, um, our neighbors in our neighborhood and our neighbors in our city. And then also, I think there's a lot less um, stress on like, yes, we have to have businesses to fund the, mm-hmm. the work we do, but also, so there, so the work is important and productivity is important, but what's most important is relationship, right? Yes, so there's absolutely. that. Yeah. So well, just, what was Christ's ministry? Yeah. It was constantly building yeah. relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's, that's what it is. That's yeah. what it's about. And that's really, in a lot of ways, that's what community is. It's, yeah. And that's, that's why just, he came, was to yeah. repair the relationship right. between God exactly. and man. Exactly. Yeah, to bring God and man together. Yeah. And yeah. to, you know, to die for the sins. Yeah. And to be raised again so that, we can have relationship with God. Exactly. We can have right relationship with yeah. God. Amen. Yeah. And so, you know, as Jesus people, you know, that is our, um, I guess, our hope as well, is that we can sort of restore the right relationship between man, each other, and man and God. Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, and through communal life, do that. Yeah. Y'all didn't yeah. know you are getting sermons to like, like, <laughs> no. this podcast. It's gonna be, we're going to preach. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know I, we are the jesus people so <laughs> this is know, true you know, can't right. turn it off yeah <laughs> no after. probably gonna talk uh, about him so you know so um oh boy. But, we're yeah. not people people usa yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. so i would like to just thank everybody for uh coming tonight and uh just for being a part of this conversation I'm excited to see how this conversation is going to go in the future uh, and and where we can go from here. Um, For those of you who are enjoying this podcast online, we encourage you uh, just to get in touch with us. Um, Go to our website, uh, jesuspeoplechicago.org, and to uh, connect with us, find out who we are, uh, connect with our Facebook Uh, our Instagram and our YouTube page and yeah, uh, learn more about us Mm -hmm. and see who we are. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to come back again and, uh, and talk to you some more about life and community uh, life with each other and life as the Jesus people. And I guess we got to say, since it's a podcast or a, like and subscribe. If you have That's, any for YouTube. Questions, That's for you too. Write it Hit in the that comments little notification below. Bell and, and, uh, <laughs> and make sure if you hear for this on any social media, please respond. Ask questions. If you really, I'm in, in, and seriously, yeah. if you're interested in community, if you think community is something that you're interested in, give us a comment. Say something because mm-hmm. you know it's. Uh, I've said it, one thing. I've said to many people, and, and people go, "Well, you know, why aren't there more communities?" and you know, I think community is a very specific calling. 
If it wasn't, there would be a lot more communities in the world. <laughs> Everyone would live in community. Um, there's, there, we're, we're talking about all the cool things about community. For every cool thing in community, there's something that's hard. Someone but, actually did steal my laundry one time, like, and th- actually sent it to their child who lived across the country. There you I'm go. Not, I'm so, not kidding. So th- this is true, but that child needed that laundry. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I have so, since yeah, forgiven that. Person. We digress. So like, subscribe. Um, you know, if if you're listening to us on a podcast. Give us five stars and, uh, you know, let, let your friends know about us if you think it's something they need to hear. Yeah. Yep. If you want to know anything more about Cornerstone Community Outreach and what we do for Uptown uh, and for the city of Chicago um, and the surrounding states, really, we see people from all over the place. Uh, Just go visit uh, cco.life.org to find out more about us or find us on Instagram or Facebook. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, please email jppodcast at jpusa.org. And for more information about the Jesus People Intentional Community, go to jesuspeoplechicago.org.